0: Good morning, Dave. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Happy New Year to you. Thank you, and to you. Uh, Stable producing some very nice horses, and I'm very keen to hear how Unravel is tracking towards Saturday because Aaron Bullock comes to town. The trials have been uh, lovely. Are you expecting a good run?
1: I am expecting a good run. been very happy. His last trial, um, it's hard to kind of put a line through that last trial. They ran ridiculous time the last 600, um, sub-32, so it was kind of a a lightning last 600, which I thought he kind of went to the line still with a bit in hand, which is quite, quite incredible. But um, the, the second horse is no champion. He didn't finish that far behind in the trial, so that's my only reservation on it. But the horse himself is doing really well. Uh, I think he's kind of flying this prep. Uh, last preparation, we, uh, we expected him to win second up, and uh, he ended up had a breathing issue and had an entrapped epiglotter so we got that fixed up, and uh, he's been back. He's been to the trials a couple of times, and uh, he should race really well Saturday.
0: You must be impressed with how Aaron is riding as well. I know we've spoken about this before, but, I mean, uh, you're giving him good opportunities. He's taking the most of those opportunities, but he just seems to put these horses in wonderful positions.
1: Uh, I couldn't be happy with the way that he rides our horses. Um, he gives them all every chance, um, and that's all you can ask for from a jockey, and um, he's a lovely, balanced rider. I think he's a great rider. I mean, you know, his only handicap is that uh, he's a heavyweight. I think uh, if he was riding at uh, 54 kilos, you'd see him in Saturday every week, but uh, just a bit difficult for him with his weight, but uh, he's certainly making the most of that. Obviously, won the premiership last year, and, uh, you know, I think he's an outstanding rider, and uh, we've got a very good association with him. Um, I think uh, he, he kind of rides our horses particularly well. It's interesting, he sometimes just have a, a nick with a, a particular jockey and the way they ride suits the way that you train and it's certainly that way with Aaron for us and uh, as a result, we've kind of had a lot of success.
0: What about uh, other runners for the stable? Um, you've got uh, Haker uh, going around at Canterbury in the 1900 on Friday night. J-Mac booked to ride and it comes out of a 2200 at Scone where it was uh, very good just sitting outside the speed and, and just being too strong for them.
1: Yeah, no, he's... Uh, I can't say he's improved from that run but he's, he's certainly... Uh, in, a, in a decent place. He's had four runs this prep for three wins. He comes into this race uh, probably a little bit high up in the handicap to, um, you know, to, to be say that he's a, a good thing or anything like that. But um, he should be really competitive. Uh, J-Mac on top obviously always helps. And I don't think necessarily the track's the right kind of track for him. He's more of a big track type of a horse. Uh, but there's really limited options in that benchmark range for a horse like him now. And uh, you just get a chance to pick and choose the races, so it's kind of in the right, right hit zone for him. Big 1900, and it's the, the obviously the right benchmark. So it's uh, there's not a lot of options, but I uh, would have preferred to take him taking to a big track, but uh, here we are. But we've got good jockey on top, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he can put him in a good spot, and he'll be running an honest race. But. Uh,
0: a good win last start or a good win last start. Paul, was uh, Tapper Kick. Uh, that was a gossip. You got Ash Morgan on today at Marshall Brook uh, Are you expecting to go back to back second up?
1: Well, certainly the uh, the distance will really suit him. Um, up from the twelve hundred, which I thought was is at the bottom end of his kind of his hit zone, and um, I think the extra three hundred metres will make a big difference for him. So I'm expecting him to run well. Um, he should be settling kind of you know handy to the speed. And if he runs his normal on this race, you know, he should be certainly at top three chance. And um, I think he's favourite at the moment. He's, you know, uh, without having a really deep look at the field, I think, um, you know, the 1500s are just really going to suit him.
0: What about these other two, uh, Faro Vero and uh, Image uh, of the Sun? And tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Red Bank team that you got involved with these horses. Because these are new colours I see popping up for you guys.
1: Yeah, Paul Favoretto who's the Red Bank team. He's um, he's been a long uh, supporter of mine, and also um, a partner of Arrowfield, and a lot of mares with us, uh, a lot of success in the breeding ranks, and he also races, and uh, they're his colours, and. Uh a lot of the horses that he races is with, with his family and uh, family members. And uh, hence, uh, you'll see the colours popping up from time to time. We race in partnership a lot as well. Uh, but in, in a particular today you'll see that the Red Bank colours are on a couple that he owns uh, outright with um, either his family or, um, uh, or uh, you know, other members of his team. Yeah. Uh,
0: the sales. Now, are you at the Gold Coast at the moment or will you be heading up there?
1: Yeah, at the Gold Coast at the moment, we've got a lovely sunny day up here today. So beautiful. we've had some severe rain over the last couple of days, but um, no, it's magnificent weather at the moment. So beautiful time to come and uh, have a look at uh, the future champions. We're hoping.
0: Yeah, oh, I was going to ask because I've been I'm chatting to a, a number of trainers and being a trainer yourself, but then also putting uh, your your Arrowfield cap on. I mean, how what are the expectations? from the business for this sale? Are you guys thinking, obviously it's always going to be competitive at the top, but how do you feel the sale's going to go?
1: Yeah, we're probably taking a pretty conservative approach. I think that, uh, obviously, the market, the way it is at the moment, you know, the wider the economic kind of influences and uh, interest rates, et cetera, you know, we're expecting a tougher sale than the last couple of years. Um, that goes without saying. Uh, the top end, I think, will be fine. The top 25%, probably the top 50%, I think, will take care of itself. It's just the... The next 50, I think there'll be a few gaps. Also, the um, the sale itself has uh, increased in size this year. They've taken on a few more horses, and um, you know when times get tough and uh, and the the supply gets larger, you know it's always a bit of a there's always a bit of a price reaction there. So um, I don't think it'll be terrible, I, you know, from a vendor's point of view. But I, I don't think it'll be horrendous. But I think there'll be good buying opportunities uh for people that have come in done their homework i think uh, compared to the last couple of years particularly over covid i mean we thought covid was going to be uh, the end for kind of racing and sales at the time and it turned out to be an absolute bonanza so mm. um, i'm not expecting it to be quite extraordinary the years that we had during covid um but in uh, the sales ring but i think um although we're not um optimistic about you know uh, kind of a really strong sale. Um, I don't think it'll be terrible, and uh, there might be some opportunities to buy. So uh, where there hasn't been the last couple of years, you know, it's been quite tough buying. So I think um, with that in mind, you know, it might attract a few a few people uh, to come out and uh, and really kind of attack that kind of middle of the market. Yeah.
0: It'd be fascinating to see because, as we mentioned at the top end, it'll always be uh, always be there. But that middle part is where there could be you know the potential for a bargain here and there. Um, we're chatting with Paul Mazzara this morning. Paul, just having a look at your draft too. I'm, I look obviously she will be or he will be a highlight um, because of uh, the the mum and dad. I speak of the I'm Invincible Arcadia Queen. Um, yeah. It must you know to, to look at that page and like what obviously we know what she was, she was that um, champion female sprinter, and uh, he obviously has been an incredible stallion. so to have a a cult like that going around um, must must be very exciting.
1: Yeah, he's a beautiful cult. Uh, luckily his uh, physique matches his pedigree, which is always nice. doesn't always happen that way, but uh, certainly with him he's a really impressive type, um, and he looks a lot like his mum. Obviously, we've got her in the paddocks at home at Arrowfield, And um, you can see a lot of the mother in, in him. Um, but he's a lovely type by, obviously, a champion sire. And, you know, he's kind of he's at the top end of the bracket. And, you know, someone looking for, you know, a top-end top, top end racehorse with a stallion pedigree and a stallion prospect, he falls into that bracket. So um, he's probably, in terms of money-wise, the top end of our draft. But we've got some lovely other horses by mm. Snetsool and and um, the Autumn Sun, we've got some absolutely cracking Autumn Sun cults in the draft. Um, so people are thinking about coming out and having a look. I'd certainly come and have a look at them. And then, if you know, we've got lovely done deals. We've got a bunch. We've got uh, Admire Mars, who's a champion, uh Japanese two-year-old, uh, his first progeny in, at the sale this year. So uh, they're absolute carbon copies of him, uh, absolute stamp copies. So um, uh, they'll be exciting to see how they're received and obviously then seeing them race in the future. But... Um, uh, we've got a great bunch of horses, but probably headlined by that
0: one cult you mentioned. Yeah. No, very, I'd another one on your draft that I'm really interested to hear about is the uh, Kazuna cult. Now, Kazuna, obviously, a Japanese sire, and uh, his mum is a River but River is the daughter of Machine, who, of course, we know was a sensational um, mare here in Australia and what she achieved, and then, obviously, uh, she went to Japan to breed. He's a really interesting cult that you've got.
1: He's a lovely colt. He's a big, strong uh, type, big, bold type. You know, Kazuna's obviously a champion stand in Japan. Very good stand. Stands for about 120,000 Australian over there. And um, he, um, this particular colt, he's he's in that Japanese mould. You know, they're kind of big, bold horses that... Um, uh, they're tough looking, and he certainly falls into that uh, that picture. Um, yeah, lovely type. He's an interesting one, and uh, interesting that you brought him up because you know a lot of the Australian market wouldn't know Kazuna mm. and uh, and how how good a stallion he is. So it'll be there. Always those interesting horses that can be one offs and um, and presents an opportunity for buyers because a lot of people don't you know don't know. They only know the local stuff, and uh, obviously. The Japanese dads, although they're having a big impact out here, uh, obviously through Maurice and the other horses, and we see how good their horses are when they come out here and they compete against ours. Uh, to be fair, they give us a bit of a licking every time they come. So um, uh, we know how good their horses are, and uh, he's, a, he's a good example. He's well-grown. He's a big, strong cult of, of uh, what the Japanese horses look like and uh, what you're likely to find when you breed to those types of horses. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, we, you just have to look at... Uh, you mentioned, obviously, uh, Maurice, um, Re- uh, Real Steel as well, another one that just, you know, you continue, uh, especially as they seem to get a little bit older into their three-year-old uh, campaigns, and they go on the firmer tracks. They also enjoy, uh, you know, the, the softer tracks as well. Do you think that's going to be something that we continue to see now? Do you think that those Japanese bloodlines will be more and more evident in all our sales?
1: Oh, listen, I think so. I, you know, we've we've been working on that kind of uh, that avenue for quite a while now, for you know, the best part of 20 years, trying to bring them out. It's, it's been a slow burn to try and get the uh, the local buyers, you know, understanding the Japanese breeds and uh, and then integrating them into our bloodlines. And uh, I, I think, I mean, you've only got to look at uh, Hitotsu and horses like that. That uh, you know, they breed champions over there. They breed the best of the best. And um, I think uh, that influx of new blood into the Australian uh, breeding industry can only be good. Uh, you know, we're flooded, obviously, with David the Lion horses, uh, which has been very successful, but uh, we're probably at a stage now in our breeding industry where we need a lot of outcrosses to broaden the breed, and uh, the Japanese horses certainly offer that. Um, there's some kind of obscure pedigrees for us that we're not really used to, and I guess Morris is one of those. And, uh, you know, he's been a pretty big success over here and uh, obviously had a year or so off with COVID because we couldn't ship the horses, so there'll be a bit of a lull in terms of his runners, but uh, everyone knows the quality of them. And uh, I think that um, that those Japanese horses will be, you know... I mean, the best horse in the world this year, Uh, Equinox, you know, is a Japanese horse, you know, absolutely an unbelievable racehorse, one of the best I've certainly seen for a long time. So um, we were hoping to get him over, but unfortunately, just given the price of what he's standing for in Japan and the value of the horse, it's almost impossible to get insurance to cover them, to to travel them. So Can can I ask...
0: What, what is he standing yeah. for in Japan?
1: He stands for about 210,000 uh, Australian... Wow. I think so. so it was, you know, to, to bring a horse like that over there, the valuations that um, you'd have to cover them for, it's just impossible to get uh, insurance for a single item like that,
0: particularly
1: yeah. a, live, a live animal. We're not talking about a painting that we can wrap up in a nah,
0: box. And, exactly. So,
1: no, we're, we're talking about something that's breathing and, you know, with a heartbeat and everything else. Yeah. And get, get sick and all those other things that uh, can happen to us, so um unfortunately we, we were hoping to bring him over uh that was really what we were standing we were looking for for the next couple of years and it might still be possible down the track um, but right at this point in time um it won't be possible but um you know you've got great horses like him that are just you know he could be anything as a stallion. he just was a completely dom- dominant animal. he was kind of a male version of of winks really for for kind of Australian people listening that um you know try and want to get a gauge on him he was that good. So um, um, yeah, no, he's an exciting prospect, and we'll be certainly looking for possibly his sons and and uh, and relatives in the future. Yeah, bring
0: up. Uh, Paul, is it is it uh, is it something that Arrowfield uh, would? And I, I'm not familiar with with how it works in Japan in terms of uh, breeding. Obviously, say with like a Frankel, you can you can you can try and get your mare into Frankel and send it to the northern hemisphere. Can you do that with the Japanese breeding, or are they quite selective in terms of what? Who's coming from outside, uh, and what mares yeah, are coming yeah. from other countries?
1: Yeah, they're probably more select, a little bit more selective. Yeah. Um, it's something that we could obviously talk to them about, and something that we would definitely be looking at. Yep. Uh, um, and it's it's sometimes just a little bit more, a little bit trickier to bring them in out of Japan than it is out of out of Europe. But um, just with travel and bits and pieces and flights, and it's just practically a little bit more difficult. But um, uh, but it's certainly something we'll be looking at with a horse like.
0: Fascinating to talk to you. Look forward to seeing you next week up there at the Gold Coast, mate. Um, Obviously, you've got a busy day ahead and good luck with these horses too. Three nice horses going around at Musselbrook and Unravel on the weekend in Sydney.
1: Thanks very much, Dave.